Hi, I'm Lesha Holzaffel, and you're listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, a podcast for moms who are ready to lose the weight they want without gaining it back by learning the holistic approach to nutrition and how our brains determine our long-term success. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad. Welcome back to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, mama friend. Today, I have a guest on the show. It's been a while since I've had a guest, and I'm really excited about today's guest because we're going to be talking about all things metabolism and stress and weight loss and all the things we all want to know. So today, I have Lisa on the show. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and inviting me on to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. I'm happy to chat with you and all of your listeners today. Yeah, super excited about this. So before we dive in, can you please introduce yourself and let our listener know who you are, who you help and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Lisa. I am a holistic nutritionist. I have a background in teaching yoga and personal training. I spent six years working full time in the fitness world. And what I'm doing now in my practice is I help women break up with the all or nothing dieting cycle and show them the simplest no-nonsense way to maintain a healthy weight without willpower, without deprivation, without spending countless hours on the treadmill. I know for, from my own experience, being a yoga teacher and at the same time a personal trainer, I was doing a lot of exercise in my work. And then I had this mentality that it wasn't, it didn't really count. I had to do extra work outside of my teaching. And so I was really caught in this like eating less and exercising more cycle. So my practice and what I've been really focusing my skills on is to pull from different schools of thought because of my background. I pull from understanding limiting beliefs, prioritizing emotional health, as well as our physical body in regard to our biology and our metabolism, which is what we're going to pull apart today. Yeah. And there's so much to dive into here. And obviously we can go it's so many different ways, like all or nothing mentality, dieting, eating less and, and moving more. That's just kind of been what we've been told forever and ever. Amen. I went to school to be a dietitian. And that's what I was taught. I was like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. this is how you help your clients lose weight. You just cut their calories, you put them at a deficit, and then you tell them to exercise, you know, 30 to 60 minutes a day. That's all. It's that easy. But yet it's Mm -hmm. not. And so, but unfortunately, many women still believe this. And we're just, it's a limiting belief that again, we know about limiting beliefs. Well, you and I might, but maybe the listener doesn't. It's just something that you believe to be true and you believed it so long, you don't even question it. And I feel like that is the whole theory of eating less and moving more, but it really Mm. all just starts with our metabolism. So let's get into what that actually means, because a lot of times women think metabolism, it's like, they're like, yeah, I want to speed up my metabolism and I want to boost my metabolism. And they're just looking at Pinterest for things like five ways to boost my metabolism and jumpstart your metabolism now. But I don't Mm. really, all those like, you know, those clickbaity headlines. And, but I don't really think they know what it means, what your metabolism actually is and what it does. So let's start there. What is your metabolism? That's a great starting point. So when most people describe the metabolism, they say that it's the sum of all chemical reactions in the body. And so that's not wrong, but it's kind of vague. It's kind of confusing for most people. So many people hear the word metabolism, as you mentioned, and we automatically think weight loss, right? I wish I had a faster metabolism. 
and which you mentioned, but if we break it down, metabolism really is the sum of all chemical reactions in the body. So we can think hormonal health, like estrogen and progesterone and cortisol. We can think mitochondria are the powerhouses of our cells that burn fat and create energy. So these are the physical parts that move when it comes to metabolism, but there's also this mental and emotional side. So I also expand the definition a little bit more to say that metabolism is also the sum of all of your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, and your experiences. And this is a huge part of what I teach in practice because many of us focus on the external, right? What should I eat? How much should I eat? When should I eat it? What kinds of workouts should I do? How often should I do them? But there is this connection of mental and emotional health to our metabolism because of our hormones, right? Our hormones are these messengers. They're kind of like couriers that send messages all throughout the body and hormones kind of work like an orchestra, right? They're moving all of our body systems, hopefully into harmony. But when there's a lot of stress, which we'll talk about today, but When there's a lot of stress, and I've had many female clients that I've worked with come to me with stress levels that are at an eight or a nine out of 10, and then they're putting more stress on their body by exercising harder, right? Because their trainer said, you got to work harder, right? If you're not seeing results, you got to work harder. You got to work longer. You got to eat less. And so all of this stress starts to compound. And as a result, the metabolism slows down. It pushes back because our metabolism is wired. Our biology is wired for survival. So a lot of us, and I'm sure this resonates with you as well, but a lot of us were taught that the metabolism works like a calculator, right? Calories in, calories out, calorie deficit. And while it's a part of it, a really small part of it, it's not exactly accurate with how it works, right? It works more. This is more accurate, like a stress barometer. So when we look at a stress barometer, we can factor in the physical, like food intake, hormones, cellular health, energy output. So like movement and exercise and workouts, as well as sleep, inflammation, digestion, and there's a genetic component as well. So there's this physical side for metabolism that we have to look at, but we can't ignore the emotional and mental side, like traumas or adverse childhood events or mood fluctuations, right? So when I look at metabolism, I like to start from the inside and start to work out. So starting by regulating nervous system, and I can share some things today that I find are really helpful, but really going inwards. And I think everyone could benefit from a coach or a therapist to move through healing these parts of us in a supportive, in a non-judgmental way. And that way, we, when we start to move outwards to those external goals, we can be mentally and emotionally supported and by ourselves, right? A lot of the times when, you know, when we start to look at food plans and we have not done that internal work to start with, that's what can drive emotional cravings, right? We're craving joy. We're craving some kind of feeling. And then the quickest way to get that, we turn to food. 
right? So this is one of one of the many problems I see with weight loss specific programs that focus on eating less and exercising more is the lack of the mental and emotional support and that nervous system functioning because this connection of emotional health to stress, to metabolism, to weight management it's so, so essential. Yeah, I agree. And I think I always tell my clients, I'm like, your body's not a calculator. It doesn't know how to calculate and count calories or macros or any of that. It's a complex biological system. And it's almost disrespectful to treat our bodies as if they're just some kind of calculator that know how to just balance energy in and energy out. No, that's not how our bodies work. It's way more complex than that. Hormones play a huge role. I mean, hormones control everything. And what I really want to focus on today is how stress interferes with your metabolism and how stress interferes with weight loss. Because I personally went through this myself and I did all the things that I thought I was supposed to do. And I ignored that I was in stress and I ignored that I had issues with my cortisol until I got tested. And then it was too obvious for me to ignore it. And Mm -hmm. I was doing all the right things and like my clients feel the same and I'm sure yours do too. They're like, I'm eating the right foods and I'm working out and I'm fasting and I'm like waking up. I was like waking up at 5am and riding my Peloton bike and then not eating anything until like one o'clock. And then I did my intermittent fasting and I was doing clean keto and I started gaining weight like crazy. And it Mm -hmm. all boiled down to cortisol, stress, Mm -hmm. being in that survival mode, being in that flight or flight, like burning out my adrenals, there was nothing I could do. And I'm still working through that because it's such once you, I feel like once your adrenals and your hormones, like very, very patient and they're like, okay, we'll take the load. We'll take the load. And then it's like the last straw that broke the camel's back. Right. And they're like, screw you. (laughs) It's going to take a long time to get me back working again. No, I'm done with you. And so Can you talk about how that happens and how stress affects our metabolism as it relates to losing weight? And also on the other hand side of that is gaining weight and why it causes us to gain weight. Yeah. So there's a lot of different starting points there. So I'm thinking I'll start with what's going on with when we're stressed. So the nervous system function, and then we'll kind of build from there. But to keep it simple, we have two nervous system responses. So fight or flight, which is what you mentioned, and then there's rest and digest. And when we are stressed, our body shifts into the fight or flight or the stress response. And it's interesting because it works kind of like a light switch. So when you're in that stress response, it turns off rest and digest. And then same thing when you're in rest and digest, like that light switch, it turns off fight or flight. And so this is a feature of our nervous system that we've had for millions of years. And it's a safety mechanism that supports us in danger, right? Or life-threatening events. So as soon as that stress response is activated, it affects the physical body. So we can probably feel this, right? Our breathing starts to increase. Our heart rate speeds up. Our pupils might dilate so we can see a little bit better. Blood pressure increases cortisol, noradrenaline increases so that blood flow is rerouted away from the midsection or the core of your body and toward the head and the legs so that you have a little bit more power that you need to either fight, flee, or freeze, right? So if this tiger is running at you, you're not sitting down to eat a sandwich, right? So the point I'm making here 
is that when the stress response is activated, whether it's a physical stress or a perceived stress, like a mental emotional stressor, the digestive system starts to power down. And it makes sense, right? If this like angry gorilla is charging towards you, you don't need to waste any of your energy to digest the granola cereal that you had in the morning, right? So our biology is smart, always wired for survival. And we've already touched on it a couple of times, but we really can't fight against our biology, right? Our biology doesn't care that you want to lose that 10 or that 20 pounds. It's built for survival. So when we go against that biology, it pushes back by slowing down to conserve energy, right? So when we talk about stress and the metabolism, and we can talk in specific to the female hormonal system for a moment, but what's actually interesting is most of the research up until recent years, like 10, 20 years, most of the research studies have actually been done on healthy males. So it's exciting. Can I just pause you for a second and say that most of the research on everything, ladies who who are listening, (laughs) everything that is related to weight loss, nutrition, fitness is done on males. Like barely any studies are done on women. I know there was like that women's health initiative and the nurses Mm -hmm. study that stuff. But so when you're looking at all these things and all these dudes are telling you what to do, just know it works for dudes. Doesn't mean it works for us because women like scientists don't want to study us that much because we are so complex with all our very complicated (laughs) and our cycles. So they're like, oh, let's not bother. Let's just test the males. So just keep that and in healthy mind. males and healthy males, but also keep that in mind. I don't know if you get, I had to say this cause it's so such a great point you brought up, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you have clients that are like, you know, me and my husband are doing the same thing and, yeah. he, and he's following the same plan as I am. And he lost 10 pounds in one week and I gained two. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. It's percent. but you know, this is why, and it's so important that you brought that up. And I just had to chime in there because You need to know that going forward, like things that you read a magazine or things that these nutrition experts tell you, just know that most of that has been studied with on just healthy males and not females, but Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt. And no, interrupt all that you like. It's just really exciting that we can actually understand a little bit more now about stress and the menstrual cycle and how we can, you know, use female hormones to our advantage, right? Because at the end of the day, we really don't want to just achieve goals in the short term. We want this to last a lifetime, right? And so the important thing before we dive into some of the female hormones and what's going on with stress and metabolism, the most important thing I like to drive home is to stop searching and studying all of the programs out there, right? All the different weight loss programs, because there's hundreds, thousands, millions of them, right? But to start studying yourself, right? Become the detective of you. And that's really the only way that you're going to learn how certain carbs, for example, affect you versus your best friend who told you to eliminate all carbs or or whatever, right? So, So it's just so important to, even though there are all these programs and research studies and all these things, we are all so unique. We are also different with a different genetic makeup So it's really about just pausing. Okay, I'm going to have an open mind here and see what my biology responds to different foods. 
But as I was mentioning earlier about the metabolism, it is like a big stress barometer. And when stress hits the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland, so this is basically the command and control centers of your metabolism. And when stress hits that command center of the metabolism, what happens is mood instability, libido goes down, our body composition starts to change, fertility goes down, and the female biology is typically more stress reactive than the male biology, right? The female biology is looking to reproduce. And from an evolutionary standpoint, the body needs to be very clear if it's under too much stress to safely carry a baby or not, right? So the hypothalamus and the pituitary are very sensitive to this, right? And we can think about you know, how many things do we do in a day? We, we just pile more and more and more onto our plate. And then we wonder what's going on while well, I'm doing all of the work. I'm doing all the workouts. I'm, you know, I'm eating like a bird and I'm doing all this stuff, but what that's actually doing is piling more and more stress onto that command center of the metabolism. So the first thing that I like to do is I just like to start with awareness and like, just basically learning to chill out and just like resting, slowing down, processing big emotions, because once the foundation is there mentally and emotionally, then we can start to explore meals and workouts. And if supplementation is necessary to do, but it's not a race, right? When we start to heal the metabolism, when we start to heal stress in general. We're, we're trying to do two things. The first one is to build a healthier relationship with food and ourselves, And the second thing is to build a healthier body physically, right? One that can keep up with your kids. So it's not a race. We really want to do two things, build that healthier relationship with food and ourselves through that mental, emotional support, and then building a healthier body physically. And so with female hormones, right? I know you touched on cortisol. And so with cortisol, what starts to happen is cortisol is secreted from the adrenal glands and your adrenal glands sit right on top of your kidneys. And it basically, it's not all good or all bad, right? Acute stressors on the body tend to cause a short-term increase of cortisol. It gets the body primed to either fight flight or free from the stress. And so this served us very well thousands of years ago, right? But, you know, once we look at, okay, we're not actually in danger, you know, what is going on, what starts to happen is cortisol levels tend to be chronically elevated for long periods of time or very, very low, which both can create this increase in fat cells in the body, as well as a fatigued body. So when, it, when we look at cortisol, when there's an increase of cortisol, there quite possibly is also an increase in insulin as well, which is a fat storing hormone. So it's very interesting when, you know, we have estrogen and progesterone both cause cortisol to be less detrimental, but when levels fall, you become more sensitive to cortisol and the negative effects of cortisol, which is one of the reasons why women are more stress reactive. That also means that there are certain times in our life and in our cycle 
when you're super buffered against cortisol. So it's very interesting when we start to look at the menstrual cycle as a whole, right? The two phases, right? The follicular phase and the luteal phase, there are different things that we can do throughout the whole cycle to support stress, to support healthy cortisol functioning, to support mood stability. So it is very interesting. And we are awesome beings. The female biology can do so much. And I think the more that we start to study it, and the more that the information starts to be shared about the power of estrogen and the power of progesterone and what you can do from a workout perspective, it is very, very cool. You can kind of hack your hormones a little bit. Yeah. It's crazy because a lot of times as women, we feel like once we have gained weight or once we lost weight, we think like, okay, that's it. Like I gained weight. I'm never going to be able to lose it or I lost weight and I'm going to keep, you know, I lost weight. So I should lose it forever and it will never come back, but that's not how it works. But the good news is that if you did gain weight from stress or from, you know, your hormones being all wacky, like you said, you can hack your biology. You can change your hormones. It's possible to reverse the damage that's been done. And so there's hope with that. So speaking of hope, can you share some tips and advice that you can give the women that are listening that maybe find themselves in that situation where they have gained weight from stress or what I call stress fat and they're trying the dieting, they're trying cutting calories, you know, maybe they've been tried keto, which is a lot what I teach keto and I teach carb cycling. But Mm -hmm. I also discovered just with my own research that Long-term keto for women is not great for hormones, especially things like cortisol, because keto is already a stressor to your body. And then Mm. now you're putting even more stress on your body than it's it's already stress. You already have elevated cortisol and stress levels. And now, now you're doing keto and you're adding more stressors. And then a lot of times women will then pile on keto and fasting because they think it's like the dynamic duo. So now they got just like a big, like cluster mess going on in their bodies and they're not losing weight and they're actually gaining Mm -hmm. weight. And they're like, Oh my God, why isn't this keto thing working? So they're trying to keto harder. So they're cutting carbs even low and they're exercising even more and they're fasting even more. And it's just this vicious cycle that they get trapped in and they wake up one morning and none of their clothes fit and they gain 30 pounds and they feel miserable and flamed and they have cravings. And they're just like, what is happening here? So do those women What would you say? What is some advice you can give them to kind of get started and to get back into this homeostasis that our bodies strive to be in? Yeah. So in that instance, the metabolism is fried. The metabolism needs almost like a renewal. So the first thing that I would suggest is to stop the two hour treadmill session, stop the high intensity interval training and just start walking outside in nature, just really slowing down because what's happening is the metabolism is fried. We need to reset, you know, hit that reset button and really start to slow down. Okay. So once we can move the body into that rest and digest, right? That nervous system response, then the biology can relax a little bit. And then we can start to build from there again. But if the body is stuck in that fight or flight, that chronic fight or flight mode, then we're not going to be able to move anywhere. We're stuck there. 
So we need to just like the light switch, just toggle into rest and digest. So getting outside, walking in nature. So deep breathing. One of the things that I teach in coaching is, and I'll ask you this here, what are the two things that a fire needs in general? Oxygen and and wind, right? Yes. Okay. So yes, oxygen, wind, I'm going to couple those together, but fuel, right? We need wood on the fire. Oh, right. Okay. I was like, I'm thinking fire and I'm like thinking like fire trucks putting out a fire. (laughs) I thought that's where you're going. I was like, oxygen fuel. You got me. That's awesome. Testing me. All good. All good. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, We all have this fire within us right? It's that we hear it all the time, the metabolic fire, we have to kickstart and burn more. And so if the two things that a fire needs to burn is oxygen or wind, then deep breathing, breath work, you're literally fanning your metabolic flames as you focus on your breath work. So there's so much power with deep breathing and breath work first of all, to toggle you into that rest and digest nervous system response, but also to support metabolism. So to those women who are feeling stressed out, the metabolism is slowed down and sluggish, starting to gain weight again, slowing down. Breath work, take more time, you know, eating, for example, if you usually inhale your food in five minutes, let's see if we can extend that to 10 minutes right? And then if you're, you know, if you're at 10 minutes, let's see if we can go to 12 or 15, really starting to slow down, taste your food. A lot of us are just inhaling our food and that often drives overeating, right? Because our body hasn't had a chance to really understand how much food it has and fuel it has gotten just yet. So really starting to take a little bit more time, slow down, chew your food, taste your food. You know, food is such an experience. And a lot of the times we just kind of shovel it in there and hope that our stomach will take care of the rest. So really slowing down, having more awe experiences, you know, when you like climb to the top of a mountain or something, it's just like, wow, this is beautiful. Maybe making a list of what are those things that give you that awe experience, right? Music is another thing that gives you that awe experience and it toggles you into that rest and digest nervous system response. Creativity, right? Making a list. What are the things that you can pull those creative juices out of you? And it doesn't have to be artistic. It can be, but cooking is creativity. Again, music is creativity. Woodworking is creativity. Jewelry making is creativity. There's so many different avenues of creativity, singing, dancing, right? Spending time with loved ones and laughing. I think as we get older, we just get so serious. So finding time to laugh a little bit more. And another thing that is really helpful is hot, cold contrast therapy. So, you know, hot shower followed by 30 seconds of cold water at the end. What it does is it starts to prime your nervous system to become a little bit more resilient to stress. So all of these things that I'm mentioning Notice how none of it is exercise related and none of it is really like food rule related. These are all lifestyle things that we can start doing right now 
to start to prime the metabolism so that we can get into metabolics moving forward. We can get into blood sugar balance. We can get into workouts. We can get into how to eat throughout the day. But the first thing is moving your body into a relaxed state. Yeah. And I think that's so important because most women just focus on the food and the exercise. They're like, just tell me what to eat and tell me what workouts I need to do. Mm -hmm. And just like, tell me how I can fix this. Like, just give me a plan. Give me a meal plan and give me an exercise plan. And I agree with you. I'm like, well, sure. Those things are important, but not when your body is so stressed out and it's so out of balance, like out of homeostasis that it, you literally could eat 500 calories a day and run five miles and you will still not lose weight Mm -hmm. if you don't address the root issues and the hormones and lower your cortisol. And the only way to do that is through all these lifestyle things that you mentioned, which were great. Mm -hmm. And with the breathing, interesting fact. I don't know if you knew this. I'm about to give you a quiz. You caught me, Love caught it. me off. I'm like, I don't know, oxygen <laughs> and wind. Durr. My husband would be so embarrassed for me that I didn't know how to answer that. I'm like, look, I'm an expert at some things. I can't be an expert in all the things <laughs> in the world. But but do you know how we actually lose fat or burn fat from our bodies? We have to actually release it. How do you actually through- release fat? When you're exercising, you're just burning fat, but you actually have to release it into the bloodstream and then it enters the cell. You're getting too technical. Let me just give you an answer. (laughs) You breathe it out. I'm going back to my like my science class right here. (laughs) I know you're getting way too complex. So most people think when I ask my clients, how do you actually lose fat? Like what happens to the fat you lose? Like you lose fat in your body. How does it leave your body? And they think most of them say either urine, you either pee it out or you sweat it out. And like, yeah, maybe you could sweat out some fat or urine and pee out fat. Sure. But no, mainly how you lose fat, how it leaves your body is through breathing oxygen. Mm. You literally breathe out your fat. So when I realized that it hit me like, wow, how important then is breathing? Because we all breathe. Like if we wouldn't be breathing, obviously we wouldn't be alive. But how do you breathe? Are you breathing like short, like really short, quick breaths and you're not fully deeply breathing? And if you want to burn fat, lose fat, you got to start breathing, like real breathing, taking deep breaths and taking that time to really breathe and to calm your your nervous system. Not only is it going to help your metabolism, but that's literally how your body excretes fat through your lungs, through breathing. So you literally could breathe out your fat because you do, you literally breathe out your fat. And I didn't know that. And when I discovered that it was like, like mind blown emoji for me. You know, what's interesting going off of your point just there, I taught a meditation course a couple of years ago and I had known, or I had read that the fact that you just mentioned, you know, breath work can help you to lose weight. So I thought, okay, well, I'm teaching this meditation course. Maybe I'm going to test this out on myself and just see what happens. Right. So I didn't do any form of exercise throughout that whole meditation course that I was teaching. It was meditation every day that I was doing with this group and other people like friends and family, they're asking me, what are you doing? What kind of exercise program, what kind of diet plan are you on? And I was just kind of laughing to myself because I wasn't doing anything. (laughs) I was just breathing and focusing on tapping into that restful 
relaxation response. It's like rest-based living, right? That's that how crazy? the magic happens. That's Isn't how the that magic crazy? happens. <laughs> because yeah, literally like that right there, what you just said, you're listening. Think about that. She did nothing different, but she meditated and rested and her body felt calm and her body felt safe. And when your body feels calm and safe, then it's ready to let go of the extra weight. And I just got chills. <laughs> so maybe I know me too. Now I got chills, but truly weight gain is a symptom. It's always a symptom of something happening in your body because our bodies normally think back to evolution and the caveman days. Like nobody had, we were all fine. We were all fit and we were all lean and nobody had any of these issues that we have now. And of course, a lot of it has to do with, you know, today's agriculture and the food, but a lot of it also has to do with like homeostasis and just the mm-hmm. balance. And they had time of a feast and time of famine. They had time where they were under stress also literally being chased by lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. But then what <laughs> they did instead of us, where we just, where you never get out of that psychological state where our body feels that we're being chased by lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, but they actually got out of it. And then they recover that stress cycle by then just sitting and feasting for hours and hours and sleeping and got into that in that state. Right. And, and we never get that. And once we give our bodies a chance to get there, then your body can actually start losing that extra weight that you're holding on to that. You're trying so hard to do everything Mm -hmm. right now to lose. You're trying to exercise harder. You're trying to cut more carbs. You're trying to fast and you're actually making it worse on yourself. So this Mm -hmm. is so great. And I want to respect your time. I feel like we can talk about this all day, but (laughs) I'm sure this is something that you dive deeper into with your clients. So if you want to take a few minutes and let us know where we can find you, if you have anything, any free gifts for our audience and kind of how you help your clients through this, please, by all means, let's hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do have an eight week coaching program and I want you to imagine the freedom of saying goodbye to the emotional eating, goodbye to the cravings, goodbye to feeling guilty after eating and counting the calories and obsessing about food. And it's really just time, especially after this conversation, it's time to ditch this all or nothing dieting mentality. And if I hear one more advertisement about you know, losing 10 pounds in seven days, I might lose it. And that's exactly why I created this program because it's this step-by-step approach to replace this good versus bad foods and get to a peaceful place in your mind and your body, learn to trust and tune into your body. And there's three phases to the program. The first phase is where I teach metabolism and I talk about slowing down. I talk about oxygen and breath work and I guide you through breath work. And then the second phase phase is about tapping into the emotional connection to food and understanding more about where cravings, both emotional and physical cravings are coming from and, and then physical cravings and, you know, blood sugar balance and whatnot, what's going on there. We also talk about that negative self-talk that often comes up with food guilt. So we unpack that in phase two and then phase three, we talk about metabolics like workouts and we talk about more blood sugar balancing and approaching nutrition from an empowered standpoint rather than a restrictive standpoint. So really about what you're talking about with homeostasis and starting to bring your body uh, into balance. So Our next program actually starts July 5th and registration will be opening in June. 
But if anyone's interested, they can join the wait list and be the first to know when registration opens up. But other than that, I am on Instagram. You can find me at Wellbalance Health. And I also have a free anti-dieting guide and it helps you to start to put all of this that we've talked about into action. It goes over mastering mindset, leveling up relaxation practices, sleep, nutrition, respecting your body with movement. And there's also a really delicious recipe book and who can say no to that. I love Um, recipes. mm, They're so good. That's awesome. We'll put all of that in the show notes. You can go and check that out there and get that guide and check out our program and see if it's a good fit and reach out to her on Instagram, ask her more questions. Thank you, Lisa, for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Don't forget to tag me at BSB Tribe. If you want even more resources, make sure to go to www.bsbtribe.com and head on over to a private community on Facebook, Fit Mom Squad, so that you can get connected with other moms who are crushing their health goals. I can't wait to see you on the inside. Until next time, keep focused on your goals, mama.